welcome to Dig Deep. I am excited to have my husband back here again this week. Hi, honey. Hey. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Glad I didn't scare you away. <laughs> um, we are continuing our series, Restoration Marriage, and we had been married less than a year, only a few months, mm-hmm. actually, when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And we volunteered to go on a trip down to be part of the first phase of the restoration project down there mm-hmm. by gutting some homes. Mm-hmm. And while we were down there, we got two homes. Yeah. And the second home was definitely one of the scariest experiences of my life. <laughs> I This house was in pretty bad shape before the hurricane even came through. I think they had filmed several horror movies yes. in this house before, <laughs> For sure. the before the hurricane. And then after the hurricane, it was just all wet and moldy and yeah. scary. And so we started like we started with the other house where we took the furniture out and then we started ripping out carpet and taking down drywall and when we got to the back room of this house this little house it was a bedroom and it didn't have drywall it which is actually pretty easy to remove you just kind of crumble it and take it out but this had wood paneling Mm -hmm. and we didn't really have the right tools to take down wood paneling we didn't have a crowbar or anything so some guys got a hammer or something and they were able to get just enough behind one of the pieces of wood paneling that they start pulling it. And the one guy, he can't even pull it all himself. And so he gets a couple guys to help him. But and... I should point out that as soon as he's, as soon as he gets any pull on this panel, uh-huh. like 10 or 15 huge bayou mutant cockroaches escape from behind this wood paneling and are on the ceiling and they spread, they fan out across the ceiling and they're like the big mamma jamma, like three inch yeah. hissers. And and they're too big to even cling to the ceiling. Some of them, they're falling from the ceiling. Now, we failed to mention that this particular bedroom had had like a huge pile of wet moldy clothes on the bed yes. before we removed that. There was like plates of half eaten food, like under the bed, like in the closet. There was like Ugh. plates of chicken bones and yeah. stuff. Th- this place was a very welcoming environment for creatures. Yes. And like 10 or 15 of these huge roaches, as soon as he pulled on the panel. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. I wanted you to add all of these unnecessary details. <laughs> um, so totally that's necessary. why, I, <laughs> if, if they're necessary in your mind, that's great. Mm. Um, appreciate you for adding them. That's good. See, this is why I want to do this with you. Mm. Here you're, I don't remember that part. Yeah, that's Krush. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay. Anyway, well, good to know. So he can't get the panel down completely by himself. So these guys come to help him and they pull on it. And it's like bending away from the yeah. the wall. And it took a huge pull from all of them. And then in a, with a huge crack, a whole section of the paneling comes down. And, and the, the plague is released. Um, it was straight out of Exodus. Yeah. I mean, there's like literally 300 of these things that have been living between the, the studs of this wall and behind the wood, the paneling. wood paneling. And they swarmed up the wall onto the ceiling. They were and falling. And started raining down. Yes. They, they, were, they were falling down on the heads and shoulders of the men who were pulling down the paneling. They were streaming across the ceiling. They were going sideways across the walls. They were trying to get away, but yeah. they were coming right towards me. And so how did you <laughs> respond? 
I bravely <laughs> retreated yeah, like exactly. a normal person. I screamed like a girl and I yes. ran. I'm glad. To, I, I'm so glad to hear you say you screamed like a girl because I always tell people you screamed like a girl. And I know that you maintain that that was the only appropriate response. Absolutely. But I, it's nice to hear you 100%. Confirm. No, like this is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. That's what nightmares are it made was of. Yes. It was completely horrifying. Um, and we share that story because last week we... We're sharing the story of a project that we took on to restore a trunk mm. and how it was an interesting project for us because we thought the trunk was one thing. We thought it was going to require just some basic sanding and staining and it turned into a huge epic project that we did not have the equipment for, mm. that we did not know what was behind. It was a little scary. Yeah. We ran into some dangerous things, some health hazards along the way. Mm-hmm. And this series is called Restoration Marriage because we believe that God wants our lives to be built on a healthy, solid foundation and restored to all that they were originally designed to be. And that's true for our lives, but also for our our marriages. And if you are new to Dig Deep, this podcast's name, Dig Deep, comes from the passage in Luke chapter 6, where Jesus says, I'll tell you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Mm. That's like the person who digs down deep and lays their foundation for their home on the rock that is God's truth. And so that is what we aim to do in this podcast. And that's what we're hoping to do in this series as it pertains to marriage is to ask the question, how can we get behind the things of the surface to restore something Mm. to what it was intended to be? And unfortunately with marriage, I feel like it is an area where it is just all too easy to get to a place where you look at what you have and you say, this isn't what I signed up for. Mm. This isn't what I thought it would be. I This isn't what I felt on my wedding day. I don't feel that anymore. Mm. And God wants something better for us. He mm. wants to restore it to what yeah. it was intended to be, which is a place of joy and peace. I think that house that was on the bayou, when that house was first built, it was probably beautiful. Mm. It was right on the edge of the bayou. And I bet at the beginning it was lovely. Yeah. And there was a family that lived there. But over time, that dwelling place was not really maintained very well. I mean, when we first got to the house, you know, however long later after the storm, there was a hole in the bathroom floor that had never been patched. You could see the backyard through the bathroom floor. That shows you the level of care that was put into maintaining this place. Yeah. It had just not been maintained well over time. And then then, a, di- a right. disaster struck. Exactly. And once the disaster struck, things their question became, is this thing worth restoring at all? Yeah. Several people on our team even asked that question. Like, should this thing just be leveled? Is it even worth trying to save it? Right. And people, it was some nasty work, but In order for it, it to be a restored. place that somebody would want to live yeah. again, it was going to require a whole lot of work. Dirty work, scary work, dangerous yeah. work. Yeah. That's good. And my desire for this podcast is that it's a place where, you know, we say we are, it's real people, real life, digging deep to lay our foundation on God's truth. And so I don't ever want us to shy away from hard issues, difficult things to discuss. And so that's part of why we want to share a portion of our story today about our marriage and how we 
we thought it would look one way and mm. it did not take much time for things to creep in and start causing problems yeah. for us. One of the things that we learned both on that trip to New Orleans and in uh, restoring the trunk is that left alone in the darkness over time, scary, gross things grow. grow yeah. But there is a power that light has to kill mold yeah. and, and to make things that were scary to to burn those scary things away yeah. and um to heal things yeah there's healing that's made possible and that happened in our relationship as well mm-hmm. there were things that you saw inside of me um both in our dating relationship and in the context of our marriage that i think a lot of people would have <laughs> screamed like a girl and run away and and, uh, and people... i am a girl so that would have been <laughs> fine <laughs> well you know they there were things that you saw in me that could have repulsed you and caused you to flee. And you chose not to do that. And that has made all the difference in our relationship. Mm. Um, when I was 13 years old, right around the same time that I began a relationship with Jesus, I, I was also exposed to pornography. And I very quickly got swept up in an addiction pornography that spanned 12 years and that you know that really marked my experience of life my experience of my adolescence and young adulthood it really impacted how I viewed Jesus and and this Christian life uh, because I was really struck by my hypocrisy by this this sense of understanding what Jesus wanted for me not just not what he wanted from me in terms of my behavior, but he want, what he wanted for me in terms of freedom and what I was experiencing day to day. I felt like a slave. And I was reading in the Bible things about how I, was, I had been set free and, and that I should be experiencing this freedom. And I, I, didn't, I couldn't reconcile it with my experience of this addiction because I wanted to escape it. I yeah. wanted to change. Yeah. Um, but I... I felt like I couldn't change. I felt like there was this boulder on my chest. I was like flat on my back and unable to move. And I felt that way for years. And largely, I lived in the darkness. Not not many people ever learned about that thing that was going on in my life. I mean, by the time I told anybody about it, it had been, I want to say, probably seven or eight years. Yeah. Just, just experiencing this in, in secrecy. And by that point... All kinds of dirty things were growing in the darkness of my heart and my mind. It was a scary place to be, and it impacted all of my human relationships. Mm. So I wasn't really experiencing freedom in my life at all. I felt so bound, so bound up. And when we met each other, I I knew quickly that I loved you and that I wanted mm. to spend my whole life with you. But I was I was scared of what that meant mm. because I was afraid that I just, you know, I had been, I think, in addiction for 10 years up to that point. And I didn't really believe I'd ever be able to change. And there was this part of me that was hoping that in the context of marriage, that thing would would change, that it would, you know, fade away. Um, But I I didn't know for sure. Sure. And, And I was terrified at the idea of breaking your heart and then breaking your heart again and again and again. And... You know, I was scared of living, I was, I was scared of breaking your heart, but I was also scared of 
just living in secrecy. Yeah. You know, and um, we did decide to get married. Mm-hmm. Best decision of my life. Definitely best decision of your life. I mean, my <laughs> life. <laughs> and my life, my life. And, um, you know, and it seemed at first that that, that struggle was in the past. Yeah. You know, it seemed like, man, there's freedom here mm-hmm. in the context of marriage. You know, that really, that was all that needed to happen for me to be set free was for me to get married. Um, but it was not, it was not as simple and clean as that. Um, because my enemy had held me captive for 12 years and he was not ready to let go of me. And I, you know, there was still this fear in the back of my mind, even in those first few months of marriage, as we're experiencing newlywed bliss, this fear that I wouldn't be able to stay pure in this new state of, of, you know, freedom. And, you know, one day I just, I I didn't wake up that morning thinking this is the day when I'm going to screw up and where I'm going to break my wife's heart and that where I'm going to return to a pattern of destructive behavior Mm. that has marked my life so deeply. But that day I was just reading the news at work on my computer and I saw a banner ad that caught my attention. And in the moment I knew I probably shouldn't click that ad, but I clicked it anyway. And then it led to something else. And I thought, no, I shouldn't click on that. And I did anyway. And before I knew it, I was looking at things that I knew I had absolutely no business looking at. Mm. I, I didn't intend to cross a line, but I found myself way out of bounds. And I knew Mm. if my wife was sitting next to me right now, she would be devastated. And, and it, and it terrified me because I knew I'm not going to, I can't keep this a secret. I, it's not like when I was single and I was only breaking Jesus's heart and only my heart. We, when we got married, we became one flesh. And all of a sudden I felt this compulsion to confess to you because I had let something into my mind that was going to poison our relationship. And I went home that evening and was just, I, it was, I was terrified. Yeah. I remember sitting at dinner you with you. You were not yourself. You were acting so weird. Yeah. Well, because I couldn't, I couldn't like shoot the breeze. Sure. I couldn't just chit chat about how my day had gone because I felt like there, like this is elephant in the room. Yeah. I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. I felt like there's nothing that I, we're not going to be able to get through this evening without talking about this. But I, I think that when we talk about this, there's a chance that you might be so hurt that you will leave me. And, and I, and I wouldn't have blamed you if you did, because I I felt like I had broken your trust. I'd felt like I had broken my vows to you and you would have been justified in, in walking away, you know, and, and, you know, our relationship was a source of, you know, so much joy in my life. Mm -hmm. You were the best thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. And I felt like I had just thrown it away for nothing. Hmm. And I had done what I was afraid that I would do. Like I had, I had fulfilled this self-defeating prophecy that, you know, this lie that I allowed to spin around in my mind that I am an addict, that I am this person, that I will always be that. And there's no way for me to ever actually really change. 
and I had I had lived that out, and um, sitting at dinner, I eventually confessed to you everything that I had done, and I you know, and I think you you wanted to understand my mentality, what what had led me to do this, and so you asked me, you know, how did you end up looking at that? And I talked with you about how, you know, I was reading the news and I saw this banner ad and, you know, I walked through the whole thing and you, you told me in that moment that you wanted me to show you what I had done. To, you wanted to walk, walk down, down path. that path with me to understand the, the decision, one decision at a time, one, one little bad decision at a time that led yeah. me to this totally you know, how, how could I, how could this happen? Yeah. You know, and that was terrifying to me. Like yeah. the idea of, of showing you what I had seen. Um, but I, I agreed to it partly because I, this sense that we are one flesh now and I've, I've already let this into me and I, and I felt like I needed to let you see the brokenness behind my broken thought patterns, behind my willingness to believe these lies, mm -hmm. these little lies of this is not going to cause a problem. Right. This is not going to hurt anything. Right. And we sat there and, and I walked you down this path of the news article and the banner ad. And, and you sat with tears running down your face and just took in this survey of the brokenness that was my mind and my heart. And it was so humiliating, so, so embarrassing. I, I'd never felt more ashamed uh, or more guilty in my entire life because you, my, my beautiful, you know, flawless bride, you've never seen anything <laughs> like this. You've, you know, you'd never no. been exposed to that. No, and, yeah. and I was this, I had brought this into our marriage. And I just felt terrible. Mm. And um, and you looked at me through tears and you said, these women on the screen, even though they're, it looks like they're looking at you and like they want to seduce you, these women don't even know you. They're, they're not real. I mean, like they live somewhere in the world, but this is not a picture of somebody who knows you and wants you. But mm. I am here. And I'm real. Yeah. And I love you. Mm -hmm. And I will always love you. And I forgive you. And in that moment, something changed inside mm -hmm. of me. You broke the back of the enemy that had held me captive for 12 years. Mm -hmm. the, because everything changed. From that day on. And I can't explain that other than to say, you know, I'd sung about amazing grace for years and years. Mm. And, but in that moment, I realized I was experiencing the grace of God shown to me through a person, through, through a, a child of God, because you had had a relationship with Jesus for, you know, at that point, probably 15 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. He, he was central to who you were. And in that moment, his character shone through mm -hmm. um, because he has forgiveness for sinners. Mm 
and you represented him. You demonstrated that to me in that moment. You said, I love you. I'll always love you. And I forgive you. And you, you proved that. I mean, you made love with me that night. <laughs> as as evidence, yeah. you, you showed me forgiveness. And to me, that was grace. Like, you know, justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is having a punishment withheld from you. But grace is getting a gift with, when what you deserved was punishment. Hmm. And what I felt like I deserved was for you to walk away and for me to be alone, hmm. you know, for the rest of my life maybe. What I felt like I had deserved, what I had earned by breaking your trust, by breaking my vows, was I had earned separation from you. And what you gave me instead was yourself as a gift not just your not just your you know not just making love you gave me your your heart and your mind and your forgiveness and you said i will be vulnerable with you always forever i'm not going to turn away from you even though you're hurting me mm-hmm. even though you've hurt me by what you've done even though what i see inside of you scares me and i don't know if it'll ever change and I don't know how to fix this. All I, all I know is that I'm committing to you again. You, you reaffirmed your vows to me. You committed again to me in that moment. And that was, that was a crossroads in our relationship. It was. And I, I am so grateful that you, you know, you were obedient to the prompting to be vulnerable and, Mm. and open with me. And I think that was a critical moment in our marriage and, you know, to use the metaphor of things in a house breaking down, it's, it's just all too easy to say it's not that big of a deal or sweep it under the rug or, or try to fix it yourself when Mm. your spouse isn't looking (laughs) so that they don't know it was broken in the first place. And it's important to remember that the things of the darkness, the creatures of the darkness, Mm. they are never content um, they've never had enough. They've never consumed enough. And they will, they want to consume your whole life. And yeah. they might only be able to do it little by little, but that is the direction that they're headed. That's what they want to do. There's never, those cockroaches will just keep going and going and no, growing they, and consuming. Those roaches didn't just live in that one bedroom. Oh, yeah. They had they had taken over the whole house. Right. And, and when they ran across the ceiling... They didn't run out of the house and like go move into yeah. the bayou. They just scattered and went to other places in the house. Yeah. And it took panel by panel, wall by wall, room by room, mm-hmm. tearing the whole house apart. And that yeah. home had gotten to a state where um, things had gotten really, really bad from mm. things that had happened just environmentally, but also decisions that the homeowners had made. And and that's what happens, I think, a lot in life is that we we just don't do a whole lot of tending yeah. to our our relationships. We don't we don't make sure that things are, you know, neat and tidy and yeah. and and that, you know, the junk is out of the closets and then some sort of natural disaster happens. Something right. that we could not have foreseen happens and all of a sudden it's like, wow, do I really even want to is this even redeemable yeah. is it even possible got, you have, now because you have soggy so... junk in the closets right. and you have soggy stuff under right 
Yeah, it's true. And so that's why I'm so grateful that you chose to make that decision that day, because I, I do believe that no matter no matter where you are and no matter what the state of your marriage is, whether you're starting out and you're starry eyed and everything is wonderful and it'll be the first storm that comes your way that you'll have to navigate or, or you've been married for years or decades and there are things that have built up over time. God can fix any, any relationship, any Mm -hmm. situation. I'm grateful that he started that early with us because it, it set us on a path of that pattern of living openly and transparently and we should definitely be clear about that it wasn't like there was one day yeah where i like opened the shutters of this dark nasty room that had been you know secretly growing stuff for 12 years it was you know the next morning choosing to open those those shutters again and you know day by day living in the light yeah i mean like i you know what was miraculous to me was I really did feel like I had a sense of strength and power after that that interaction where I felt I felt changed yeah. by grace. And the next day I felt strength and, a, and an ability to to you know to avoid temptation to conquer the things that had conquered me for so long. And I began walking in victory yeah. and freedom and that that's amazing, but but day by day I also had to share with you the things that that were just sort of creeping, creeping up, up on yeah. me, you know, you know, random little thoughts, you know, I mean, we live in a world that yeah. bombards you right. specifically when it comes to sexual temptation. There's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. And what I found myself being, you know, prompted to do day after day was sharing with you all those little things that were trying to get in and plant roots, yeah. you know, and a lot of those things, I didn't really want to talk about partly because I felt like, hey, this isn't my fault. You know, there's a billboard on the side of the road and it's right. got a scantily right. clad person. It's not person. something that you did. It's just talk. It's exposing it, putting right. it out in the light. And, and the saying, idea of, of and talking with you me. about something like that, it feels it feels vulnerable and weird because it's like I haven't yet done anything wrong, right. but I saw something and it made me feel weird. You know, it made me feel like... There was something was inviting me to think about the thing that I saw and think about it again and trying to grow something gross in the darkness. And even though it was awkward again and again and again to bring up these weird little things, we started having those conversations regularly where I just shared with you the the things that I was wrestling with. And, you know, I think a lot of a lot of men talk about those things with other men. And you did too. Yeah. During I, this time. I mean, you had men in your life that you talked to about it, but there were times where you felt like I do need to talk with my wife about this because she is the one who's most impacted by these things practically yep. in your life. And so we did talk about them and that's it's weird, but it's that light has led to giving us freedom and yeah. we have to say that we just celebrated 10 years yeah. of freedom yeah. from pornography. And I think for me, the, the idea of not looking at pornography for 10 years, yeah. that seemed absolutely impossible, impossible to me when I was in the throes of that addiction. Right. And, you know, going 10 days would have been like a victory. Yeah. Uh, a month would have been a victory. The idea of going a year, I mean, like I was, even even when I was a year separated from that that behavior, 
I still f- was a little bit afraid of, you know, the yeah. my I felt like my enemy was still like creeping around yeah. in the dark like a lion waiting to pounce on me. Right. And I I'm I'm not naive enough to to say he's not trying to attack me yeah. every day because I still sense that he's and we still talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's been 10 years. It's been over 10 years since I've looked at pornography and that is that's a that's a miracle. I I've I wanted I wanted that kind of freedom for my life. Right. And I felt like it was impossible for so long. Yeah. But that's not true. But it the process possible. of being released involved stepping into like really awkward vulnerable an awkward and vulnerable situation. Yeah. And receiving grace, receiving yeah. forgiveness that I was in need of. Yeah. And I want to read um, our verse, our guiding verse for this episode, our foundational scriptures from John 12, verse 46. Jesus says about himself, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And that is what he wants for our lives. He Mm -hmm. wants, he sees the dark things. Mm -hmm. He knows the power that they have and not just power to take over one part of your life, but to destroy your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things want to grow. They want to, they, it does, pornography doesn't just want to be pornography. It wants to lead to more than that. It wants mm-hmm. to ruin things in your mental health. It wants to ruin your marriage and maybe lead to It wants to infect every affair. human relationship I mean, yeah. that you have. Yeah, it, these things want to infect. They want to grow. And we are offered grace through Jesus. And so if if you're listening and you are not a Jesus follower, I'm so glad that you're listening. And I hope that these, um, these things that you're learning, if you're married are helpful to your marriage, but I want to make sure that you hear that no matter what you've done, God loves you. Mm. And he is grieved by the mistakes that you've made, but his grief led him to send his only son, Jesus to die for you and to win you and back. for me to win you back that your mistakes would be placed on him and mm. then in exchange his righteousness could be placed on you if mm. you receive his grace and then your relationship with god who loves you and created you can be restored yeah and it's that same grace that makes it possible if you are a jesus follower if you've received that grace it's that grace that he wants to have flow through you mm to the people in your life. And if you're married, that starts with your spouse. I mean, Mm. you are going to see the darkest sides of your spouse. You're not going to see those sides with everybody. You will see the good, the bad, and the ugly with your spouse because you just live in in close quarters and you're going to see it all. And he wants that to be extended to your spouse through you. And Mm. that night when, when you were sharing with me um, if you had asked me how I would have reacted, um, I've, I've always been really sensitive to that industry. I have mm-hmm. a lot of anger toward uh, the destruction of that industry on entire cultures, certainly on the lives of women who are in that industry, on the lives of men who whose lives are destroyed by their engagement in that industry. I, mm-hmm. I have very, very uh, strong feelings about it. And, and we had talked about that, and um, I would not have imagined myself responding the way that I did respond that night, but it mm-hmm. was it was an experience. It was a, 
a holy experience because I, I didn't feel like it was my words. It, it didn't seem like me speaking. Mm -hmm. It was something else coming through me. And I do believe now more than ever that the ability to offer grace to others is directly correlated to our daily receiving of God's grace for our own brokenness. And I know today we're sharing our story and certainly sexual sin is, is one of the things that can hide in the darkness of a marriage. And it's only one of the things that we've had to expose. Right. And, and so some of those things could be a secret of any kind, past Mm -hmm. or present, something that you're intentionally keeping from your spouse. Mm-hmm. It can be a habit that you argue is is not a big deal. Maybe mm-hmm. you feel like it's not even directly um, a sin because it's not one of the Ten Commandments or something, but you know mm-hmm. that it's it holds you captive and it wants to consume your life. It wants to take life from you. It could be things environmentally that, you never would have guessed going into marriage. And when you vowed in sickness and in health, you didn't know that real physical illness was going to be a huge challenge and lead to a lot of tough conversations or mental illness mm-hmm. and navigating those those really tough waters together as a couple. It could be things um, like family of origin issues, the way that mm-hmm. your spouse speaks to you under pressure or the way that they parent as as you have kids together, the trends that you see in parenting. And we and we referenced last week that we've been in couples counseling yeah. for a couple of years now, and we highly recommend that if you haven't gone to a counselor, whether or not you even feel like you need it, we'd recommend trying it out. Yeah. Because having a third uh, objective party to help you sift through the tangly, weird issues of life is really valuable. We've found it to be really valuable for us. But a lot of these things that just listed are things that came up in our in our counseling sessions yeah. that we had to you know you know acknowledge and look square in the face and sort through together. Yeah. So a good question. I know this is kind of a heavy it's a heavy topic. It's it's mm-hmm. tough, but I want to make sure that our that our joy comes through in this that when I step back and look at our story and and our marriage, I I can't believe how lucky I am that to have found you and married you. And I can't believe how much freedom and joy we experience in our marriage in that way and how much I'm able to trust you and enjoy that level of trust and intimacy with you. And it is totally worth it. And it was totally worth the awkwardness and the pain um, of getting through that to enjoy that complete freedom with you. Mm. It's, it's one of the greatest stories of my life, Bain. And so one of the things that I would encourage people to do, and I, and again, I know this is, is heavy, is to ask yourself this question and maybe write it down and reflect on it. And you might already know the answer. But is there something hiding in the dark of your life? Mm-hmm. It might be something that was on the list of things that, examples we gave or it might be something totally different and whether you're married or not there are steps you can take to bring that out into the light if you're married i'd encourage you to take steps to share that with your spouse 
if you're not, maybe sharing it with your small group or your small group leader or a friend at church and taking steps to walk in the light and experience the freedom that God has for you. Because that thing in the dark, that's not what he has for you. That's not where he wants you to live because he, he designed you to be a beautiful home that is healthy and inviting and a place where um, your family can thrive and grow and not a place that's broken down with um, scary things behind the walls that make it a scary place to live. He he's capable of doing that restoration. He wants to do it in your life personally and also in your marriage. And so I would encourage you to reflect on that question and then take steps. You look like you were going to say something. Yeah. I just want to encourage people that, um, your heavenly father loves you completely and he already knows the stuff yeah. that you've yet to share with somebody, whether it's sharing it with a friend or with a spouse or a family member, he knows those things. And he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And I hope that when you make yourself vulnerable to another person in your brokenness, that they that they respond the way that my wife responded to me, that they don't turn away. And so that's a challenge that I want to put out there yeah. to every person listening who would consider themselves a Christ follower. Spend time daily reflecting on how much you are loved and how much you're forgiven. Yeah. So that if you're blessed with an opportunity to forgive someone, if you're challenged and blessed with an opportunity to enter into their brokenness, that you can go and really be the heart of Jesus, communicating love, communicating this weird combination of, you are not going to stay this way. I love you too much to let you stay this way, mm. um, but I love you so much that I'm going to stay here with you in this darkness to walk with you out of it. You know, I'm not going to run out and leave you behind. We're leaving this place together. I'm not going to scream like a girl (laughs) (laughs) and run out. Well, thanks babe for being here again this week. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope that this series has been a blessing to you so far. I am excited to announce that we are adding a third episode Mm -hmm. to the series Restoration Marriage. Next week, we are going to be doing a Q&A about marriage. And so Ben will be back with me. Thanks for being willing to come back, honey. Sure. I appreciate that. Um, And we are not marriage experts at all. (laughs) But... We are passionate about marriage yeah. and we um, we want people to experience freedom in their marriages mm-hmm. and we just love marriage. We think it was a really good idea that God had for people to get married. <laughs> and so we're fans of marriage and we'd love to answer any questions that you have. So that could be something, a question about something we've talked about during these first two weeks of the series, or it could be anything. I mean, any, any question about marriage is game. We'll try to get to as many as we can next week and... So send your questions. You can go to jessalston.com and hit the contact button. And there's a form there that you can fill out and send in your questions. And we look forward to hearing from you. And we'll see you again next week. Yeah.